0: Love, talk, radio. Welcome, world. Welcome once again to Tuesday Talk with Key West Lou. I am your host, Louis Patron. Well, it was another interesting week. I- I'm so glad, though, that Trump is not president any longer because things are calmer. Uh, some of the matters we will discuss tonight, the topics, aren't as whacked out as he presents them to be. But there are things we have to talk about that he's still involved in, of course. We're going to make an interesting trip tonight. Uh, we're going to go to Washington, D.C., India, Houston, Key West, Manhattan Island. Note: I call it Manhattan Island, not New York City. Tallahassee, Mexican border, Florida, Mar-a-Lago, and Chernobyl from way back in the late 1980s. Chernobyl. Uh, first thing I I want to talk about is Harvard University, Howard University, the black university, white students, but has been known for years as the black university. I'm fortunate that it has been there. It has made many great graduates, many great professionals, doctors and lawyers. Uh, Something is happening out there in the world of education. Uh, Howard University announced that it is removing all classics, uh, from its, uh, caseload. No longer can you go and take the classics, history, political science, English, philosophy, none of these things can you take. And there's a reason for it that I want to share with you. It's what makes money for a university. Howard is not the only university is doing this. Many have already, uh, Universities, I was very active in the the 1980s at Syracuse University. I was chairman of the Board of Visitors to law school. I sat on other committees. I got to know how universities operate. They operate like a corporation. They are in business to make money. The bottom line is important. They will educate your students, your your children, no question about it. But they have to operate and they have to make money. And uh, if something doesn't bring in students, then they have to drop it. It's a commodity that doesn't sell. And over the years, our children, our young teenagers, our older teenagers, our young people, they want to go into something that's going to bring them immediate dollars when they graduate, big dollars hopefully. Uh, No one wants to wait anymore. Everything must be had in this country, whether young or old, uh, like yesterday. And so they go into computers. They go into the technical subjects. They go into engineering. Why go into the classics? How am I going to make a dollar studying history? How am I going to make any money studying philosophy? And if I do, I'll be an old person by the time I make it. So they don't want to wait. So the universities like Howard University are not getting that uh, those type people who want the classics. So they have to drop it. They're not making any money off of it, yet they're paying this high-priced faculty. They have to provide classroom space, dormitory space, et cetera, et cetera. They don't want it. It's not a moneymaker, and that's what's happening. The Washington Post, in a recent article about Howard University, uh, said that academia's continued campaign to disregard or neglect the classics is a sign of spiritual decay moral decline, and a deep intellectual narrowness running amok in American culture. Those who commit this terrible act uh, treat Western civilization as either irrelevant and not worthy of prioritization or as harmful and worthy only of condemnation. Not a good thing getting rid of the classics. I, I You know, I, I studied the classics. Uh, I didn't know what to do when I went to college, I'll be honest. I knew that I could not handle science courses, uh, physics, chemistry, math. Oh, my God. These were my negatives in high school. Though I graduated, I think, fifth in my class, but I had to work hard at these courses. But history, English, things like that came so easy to me, and I loved it. So I ended up uh, studying the classics, and I'm happy I did. Uh, It also helped me when I went on to law school. Anyhow, that's the story there about no more classics in the universities. Uh, India, bad situation there right now. Recall a year ago. When we were getting killed with coronavirus here in this country, India was one of the few countries in the world that did not get hit bad. No one knew why. Now they're paying the penalty for they delayed in getting this terrible disease. I'm laughing, but I'm not laughing. When everyone is doing better with COVID-19, India is not. They're hurting terribly Uh, every day. It's a record number of new cases. Every day, it is so bad in India right now, they don't have sufficient oxygen for the patients. They are lying in bed gasping for breath. Insufficient oxygen. We are sending oxygen over many other countries are also. It's still not enough. The crematoriums can't handle the dead bodies. The undertakers can't take anymore. They can't process the dead as quickly as they should. Uh, all they're doing now is burning them. Obviously, if they're using crematoriums, but now they can't do them one at a time. They have to do them in mass. They're doing them in open graves. It's terrible, uh, absolutely terrible. Uh, no oxygen, no no place for the bodies. Horrible situation. I hope they get out of it soon. McConnell. Senator McConnell, McConnell, you know, he's getting worse instead of bad. Uh, instead of better, he is. I know he's only minority leader, but he was, lo- he was a horrible majority leader. But he knew how to get things done for his side and his party. He didn't get any laws of any significance passed, except the big Trump tax cut. Uh, but he knew how to screw up the Democrats, and so they didn't get anything done, anything for the good of the country. Well. We already heard, you recall, he was not going to vote for the big uh, bill. What was it, $2.1 trillion or something that was passed where people finally got a $1,400 check or they got more money uh, and various benefits? Not one Republican vote for that bill. Not one Republican vote. He announced yesterday that there will be no Republican votes for Biden's $4.1 trillion infrastructure bill. The Republicans say it's only worth $600 billion. They're no way are going to vote for $4.1 trillion. There's going to have to be major adjustments or they're not going to get the vote. Well, you and I know that it could come down to under $600 billion. The Democrats say, well, well, we'll go for $500 billion. They still won't vote for it because that's their way of doing government all right now here's what i've got to say he's already come out and said my party's not going to vote for your infrastructure bill uh so why why should biden and the democrats play games with with him or with his party the republicans have screwed up the democrats for years now the democrats have been buying their bullshit if you excuse me let's sit and talk well why don't we do it this way why don't we do it that way and then all of a sudden there's no time to do anything and nothing gets done And that's what's going to happen again here. And I think Biden's too smart for it. The problem is he's going to have to go through reconciliation. He's got two more reconciliation bills that he can operate with. And this $4.1 trillion is divided into two bills. Now, he needs all 50 Democratic senators to vote with him. Uh, The problem is Joe Manchin. He's now a pompous ass, in my opinion. The guy was a non-entity. All of a sudden, he's a big shot. He, his one vote can make or break any Biden program. So Manchin said, well, we've got to talk with the other side. I want bipartisanship. I don't know where the hell he's going with. It. It's never been there in the last five, six years, maybe 10 years. But it's it's obvious now. And he said, I'm going to hang out till." I'm convinced there will not be bipartisanship. Well, it's obvious now. McConnell has said, not one vote, he announced. On television, not one vote. Uh, so, why even... He's got to understand this, Manchin. He's got to move. Now, you've got to give Manchin something so he looks good. That's the way politics is. He has already said that 28... What is it? 28%... Uh, tax on corporations, too high, too high, can't go for it. But he will go for 25%. Toss him the three points. Give him something. Give him some other little things. With $4.1 trillion, you can screw around with a half a billion dollars, all right, and still come out with a major bill over $3.5 trillion. And I'm sure Biden knows that, and he'll make the accommodation, unless Manchin wants to be a horse's ass. He has been in conference daily, almost the news reports are, with the Republicans trying to work out a bill. Uh, so that's the story there. Uh, I wouldn't wait. I'd go for it and get it done. Uh, big. This is big. This is – it's going to transform our country. All those jobs from infrastructure work, all those – help the helps mothers can have safe places to bring their children while they go to work, et cetera, et cetera. Terrific. No, one's ever done it this way. He wants to do it all in one shot, Biden. And I'm saying, let him go. It's about time. We did some things we've been screwing up for the last 10 years in this country. Uh, now Key West. I wrote my blog, I think this morning or yesterday, uh, Key West is an island that soon is going to sink into the ocean. We are one and a half by four miles. That's all we are. Uh, we've got too many people here, and more and more keep coming. More and more. There's no room to build houses anymore or any other kind of buildings. <laughs> We're crowded. Uh, never seen it like this before. It's just over the last few years, everyone wants to come to Key West. They either want to buy a house or rent as a tourist. Now they want to buy a house. Houses are going for six, seven, eight, nine, ten million dollars now. Houses that were half that two years ago. Rents are now, minimally for a two-bedroom, two-bath, $3,000 a month. The house next door to me just rented for $4,250 a month. Exact same houses I've got. Uh, amazing absolutely amazing and what they do also in renting the houses they only rent now a long-term rental of seven months because they want their the other five months during the season quote unquote they can get more money out of the tourists who want to come down january february march who will pay by the month and whereas the rent now is three thousand they can get ten or fifteen thousand dollars a month for these rental houses and this is I'm telling you the truth. This is the way it's happening here now. And they can't blame the landlords for seeking that money. But it has its disadvantages, too. Uh, key to our uh, businesses here are waiters and waitresses. We're, we're, we're a tourist town, a vacation town. Bars and restaurants are big down here. They can't afford to stay here. They, a lot left during the pandemic. Now a lot more leave because even though things are getting better, they still can't afford to pay those rents. And you got in a two-bedroom, two-bath, generally four people living, two to each bedroom. They've got to share the rent because they're so expensive. Things are getting bad. Now, it's getting so bad that I say the the island won't sink, but it could sink. And I mentioned in my blog this morning that, and this is not for real, but it, it proves or establishes my point. The day will come where glass-bottom boats will come out over the water where Key West used to be and will tell the people who are on that boat, look closely now into the water, and if you look closely, you can see Key West. And it's getting that bad here, very, very bad. Now, show you how bad, how worse it's getting, we keep improving our airport. They're going to have to enlarge it again. Uh, United Airlines, for example, started coming down here again, and they came down for, in effect, the season. They said they were going to leave May 5th. They announced yesterday, we're not going to leave you, Key West, May 5th. We're going to stay through the Labor Day weekend and leave September 7th. Now, (laughs) this means that there's business coming in. It used to be, when I first came to Key West 30 years ago, The season was January 15th to the Sunday after Easter Sunday. After that, the town was dead. People used to say, and it was true, that in the summer, you could throw a bowling ball down Duval Street and not hit anyone. Things were so dead in the summer here that in in August and September, many restaurants and bars just closed down. Always, because there's no business here. Now it's season all year long at the worst when it's off season it might be down 20 25% but our summers are almost as busy as the season so the town is booming and more and more people are coming and people are spending money but it's 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 just not a healthy situation now what's going to happen is you want to come to Key West please come happy to have you it's going to cost you a hell of a lot of money. Hotel rooms, seven fifty, eight fifty a night. Not only the good hotels, even the cheap hotels are grabbing that now because they know they can. All right. And what's going to happen is you're going to land in Key West. Your plane will be on time, and all of a sudden you got to wait two hours for your, for your luggage. I mean, it's horrible. <laughs> and they don't—they all seem to come at the same time, four or five airlines. And how crowded you are standing there. It's a sweat box, and I'm knocking, and it. it's bad. We're talking about improving the, the airport again, making more room, et cetera. But it can't go on like this. It's not the Key West I used to know. I preferred it quieter. I preferred those summer months when there was nobody here because uh, then you didn't have to fight to get a table if a restaurant was open, et cetera. Anyhow, that's how things are going here Uh Overall, I don't think it's healthy, and I don't think this prosperity kick can last forever, and then there will be problems in addition. Now let's talk about what I think is a horrible situation. Liz Cheney and Mitt Romney. I rarely agree with Liz Cheney, who is the number third person in the House of Representatives in the Republican Party power-wise. She's number three in the Republican caucus. Big job uh or Mitt Romney. He was the Republican presidential candidate uh, in 2012. He's now a United States senator representing Utah. Both are class people. However, we are not politically, the, we're not philosophically, in a political sense, on the same level. They are conservative Republicans. I am a liberal. That doesn't offend me. I always believe you've got to have two sides to everything to keep everyone honest. I call it the indispensable opposition. You need people who don't agree with you. You can argue. But you've got to talk properly, not the bullshit, excuse me, again, that the Republicans throw at us. Now, Liz Cheney, they want to dump, and apparently they are going to dump her in the next two weeks. Uh, a mic was on today, and the minority leader in the House uh, was not aware it was hot. And he says, got to get rid of her. I can't take her anymore. She's screwing everything up. And even before he he said those words, it was obvious she was on the chopping block. Why is she on the chopping block? Because she insists Trump lost the election. Most of the other Republicans in Washington believe he won the election. It was rigged. He got cheated. She says, face the facts, fellas. We lost. Trump lost the election. Trump doesn't want her. They're all afraid of Trump. They're going to dance to his tune. Now, what did poor Romney say? Romney didn't say. Romney voted yes to impeach Donald Trump. I think he was the only Republican who did. He voted yes to impeach Trump. For that, he must go. He must pay. That was a sin. He must pay the penalty. Uh, He appeared over the weekend And now he's the United States senator for Utah from Utah at the Utah State Republican Convention. When he came out on the stage, they booed him. These were his people. Two years ago, three years ago, they wouldn't have booed him. Five years ago, they loved him. 2012, they adored him. Uh, They booed him. They booed him during his speech. They interfered with his speech. He stood there and he did what he had to do. A few times he stopped and says, aren't you people embarrassed doing this? He never lost his cool, but going to have a hard time getting reelected when he runs again. They don't like one of the – I think he's one of the best politicians we've had in many a year in Washington. So that's where that's going. I read in the Desert News yesterday. I never read the Desert News before. I came across it on the Internet, and there was an opinion piece in there on the disagreement within the Republican Party. And they, it, the, the piece, quote, I quote from there a piece, a line or two, without open and civil debate within a party, it will grow ossified. I haven't seen that word in years. It will grow ossified. The GOP will miss out on the immolition, and the word fits. I even went, I knew what it meant, but I wanted to be sure it fits. Uh, that is bred from diverse, okay, from diverse exchanges, all right? That's what they say. You can't get along unless you talk to each other. Uh, now, which brings me to these, the big lie. And what's the big lie? Donald Trump says, the election was rigged, I won it, it was not even close. And I used to think, well, maybe he's crazy. Because he may be very smart, he may have a high IQ, nobody knows what it is. We don't even know if he did well in college. I suspect he didn't or we would know what his grades were. Uh, but he says, he says uh, I got screwed in effect. Uh, The election was stolen from me. And he has convinced half the people in this country that that's true. He has convinced them. That's why you had January 6th. Those people believed that Trump called them to Washington to recapture the government from the Democrats who had stolen the election. And they buy it. And they continue to buy it. Now, where did this all come from? because this is how I think this is working. Ivana Trump was Donald's first wife. She said he kept a couple of books. One was Mein Kampf by Adolf Hitler, and another one by written by a German philosopher uh, concerning things Hitler was doing and should do. Every night he'd read a few pages. He was a big fan of Hitler. Well, Joseph Goebbels was... Adolf Hitler's propaganda minister. And he came up with the big lie theory. Goebbels, what what I'm going to share with you, Goebbels said everybody knows it, and Hitler followed it. Goebbels said, you tell a lie. Make sure it's a lie about something big. And you keep telling that lie. And eventually, everyone will believe it. Never digress. Keep telling it. Everyone will believe it. What is Trump doing? The election was rigged. The election was stolen from me. He hasn't deviated one iota from that since the election. And look at all the people that believe that that election was stolen from him. Excuse me. And that is what's keeping him going. He's following Joseph Goebbels' theory that Hitler followed. You know, Hitler got big before he went down the tubes, and he hopes to get big, Donald Trump. I don't wish him down the tubes like Hitler went, but he's no good for America, Donald Trump. And he's got to fail, or he's going to kill this country. All right? You've got to lie, and people will believe the lie eventually, and that is exactly what's happening with this election thing. MAGA. You're familiar with MAGA? Make American great again, okay? They believe all this stuff. Now, let's look at Arizona right now, where there's an audit being done. Trump lost 62 lawsuits, which were brought to say the election was bad. It was a fraud. He lost every one. Three of those cases, the Supreme Court of the United States were not even here. He lost. He lost. He lost. Liz Cheney is correct, but he doesn't want to buy it. He tells the big line and continues to to, uh, uh, push it. Now, they're doing this audit which is official only because it was requested in Arizona by the, the state Senate, I think, who's paying for it. Trump never pays for anything, by the way. And uh, the Republicans believe that the Arizona audit is going to pave the way to a reversal of the 2020 election. Biden will be declared the illegal president, and Trump will come back to office. Uh, I don't know. I don't buy it at all. Trump at Mar-a-Lago this week. He left Mar-a-Lago and he had a little speech because he doesn't get the publicity he used to. He had a little speech he gave to the members of Mar-a-Lago because he said, "I'm going to live in New Jersey. My other club's too hot down here in the summer," which is true. It's very humid down here. And uh, but he said, "Arizona already. I'm hearing." Hundreds of thousands of votes are going to change, and I'm going to be declared the winner. And he says, then we're going to Pennsylvania, Georgia, Michigan, Wisconsin, and even New Hampshire, little New Hampshire. Because, yes, in the last few days, a mayor in a very little town, I can't recall his name in New Hampshire, it it was the only place in New Hampshire where there was a problem. There were a few votes screwed up. The mayor himself said it was of no significance jumped on that and says, whoa, you should see what happened in New Hampshire now. So we're going to go there, too. So this is what the man's doing. He's going to get us in trouble. We know it. Uh, I worry. I worry because he's destroying America for a very selfish reason. He wants to continue as president. He wants to be Putin. He wants to be Xi from China. Uh, he wants to be the kind of man can stay in office forever. Now, did you ever hear Peter Minuet? The last time I heard Peter Minuet or read Peter Minuet's name was in grammar school 75 years ago, all right? He was a Dutch explorer who on this day in 1626 landed on what is today... Manhattan Island. That's what he's known for. He was a Dutch explorer who landed on what was known at the time as Manhattan Island. Uh, never heard his name since grammar school. And I think the only reason I heard it in grammar school was uh, New York, Manhattan Island is part of New York State. And I've got to say this. We learned so much about New York State in grammar school, all the facts about the great people, the Erie Canal, uh, everything that was happening, the cotton gin, all this stuff. Okay, so it was exciting just to hear his name. The blacks want Confederate statues torn down, removed. They want public buildings with names of people who favored slavery to some extent. Uh, The names changed. They even want George Washington had slaves. Thomas Jefferson even made a child uh, that who as a family we know today, had slaves. They all had slaves. Slaves were money back then. They were property. The Dred Scott, this was in 1850, ver- said, they verified, slaves are property. Uh, when they did the Constitution, when Jefferson wrote the Constitution, he had slaves. But when he wrote it, he wrote into the Constitution that for purposes of census-taking and seeing how much money a state would get from the federal government, each black, each slave rather, each slave would be counted as either one-half or two-thirds a person, right? And it was accepted. It was accepted. Uh, first, they went after Christopher Columbus today in this country. Now they've forgotten about him. But there are Confederate stars that no one attacks and says anything bad about. Let's go to, to the Confederacy, okay? The president was Jefferson Davis. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, he was indicted after the war on a charge of treason. And another traitor is Vice President Alexander Stevens, both of whom were uh, – have let me say it this way: Their statues sit in Washington in Sanctuary Hall, where all historic Americans uh, uh, have their statues. Stephen said, the vice president of the Confederacy. He said, when the Confederacy was founded, the great truth that the Negroes not, is not equal to the white man that slavery, subordination to the superior race is his natural and normal condition. Why are those two statues still standing there, and nobody even talks about them? My time has run out. I'm sorry. Sorry to leave you. I I, I thank you for joining me tonight. Uh, I love doing this show. And this is the show for tonight. Uh, Again, I thank you for joining me. And say good night. See you next week.